0: we'll have some fun like- Well it's that time again, another another Malt Travel podcast. This is episode 35, would you believe? Uh, we're recording this on the 10th of May. So we've had a bit of a break, but we've got you two in two weeks now. It can't be bad. Right, I'll turn the music off. Good evening, gentlemen.
1: Good evening. Good evening
0: everybody. You want a slight, a few glitches getting again, getting us all sorted out, but we're we're all in, we're all in cyberspace or whatever it is. Um. So. Uh, so yeah, it's a very nice. Well, it's quite a pleasant evening down here. It's going a little bit cool. Windy about. up here. Windy. Cool. Oh, right, but
1: cold mm. up in York, Yes.
0: Mm. And I think another first for a while in that we're all we all seem to have beer in the glass as well, which is uh, yeah. we must we must do Tuesdays more often. So uh,
2: Nick <laughs> Nick's on a new beer. I hear Nick's on a. Uh, this is the. Fell Walker Pale Ale, made by Bonus Bay Brewing. This is what I picked up in Booth's over in Penrith uh, last week. £1.49 a bottle. It's a 4.1. As it describes itself as a refreshing golden ale, it's certainly golden, it's very light-coloured, and it is very refreshing. It's got a slight apple tone to it. You can just imagine if you've been out in the fell for a good old walk and you've got a couple of bottles of this lying in some nice uh, lake or tan somewhere, cooling down. Yeah, be very refreshing. Like that one. And I've uh, I've put it in my uh, Newcastle Brunei Schooner just for a little bit of uh, uh, nostalgia.
0: Lovely. Uh, and Bruce, you've, you've got
1: beer. I oh, have, yes. Well, uh, I was in Newcastle on Saturday and um, went to uh, Fennec's uh, food hall, which was amazing, amazing. Talk about growing up north it's, it's like harrods on steroids is phoenix food Al. it was just full of like uh, people in design and just astonishing place so uh mm. say full of uh, wags and uh, extremely wealthy people peeing through the nose Civil servants
2: bruce Civil servants as well yeah, yeah Fox good madness. It. It
1: absolute madness mm. uh if you ever newcastle you have got to go see it um i should take some pictures it, it, it's absolutely astonishing i had no idea we've got newcastle a lot i never think to go in the food office, never need anything I had a bit of time to kill it is absolutely astonishing. It really is the uh, Harrods of the North, that food hall. But they do have a little craft beer section, and I came across uh, some uh, Two Roads um, IPA. It's half price because obviously the people who go there didn't particularly <laughs> like it. It describes a crushable uh, IPA with Zeka Equinox and Mosaic hops. Mm-hmm. And it's brewed in um, the Two Roads Brewing Company in a Stratford, Connecticut, I believe.
0: I'm gonna say it's right. <laughs> only American,
1: right? Very yeah. nice. How much How much? Well, uh, well it should have been £2.6, 2 40 can, but it was half price at £1.19. Oh, that's all right. well, it, it's, uh, well, it's a bit you can see, it's a bit cloudy, it's uh, <laughs> overwhelmingly uh, hoppy, it's incredibly uh, massive uh, malt overload. It's almost like they are walking past a brewery brewing fresh ale, but the beer have gone a bit off, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like it, I have to say. I don't like it.
0: Well, I think I, think May, is, I think May is mild month, isn't it? So I'm I'm back on... You can't see it in my camera now. I'm back on my... I'm trying to get through my Green King box that my uh, nephew bought me for Christmas. So yeah. I've still got a couple of Rudolphs, but uh, the Double X mild is not so bad for midweek. It's only 3%. And I don't know. Green King are kind of growing on me a little bit. I know we've, we've probably moaned mm-hmm. about them a bit, but uh, I don't know. I've, I've read some of that... Um, Roger Protts' book about family brewers. And of course, you know, they are still an independent brewery. So anyway, so we're back on to our A to Z of pub crawl. So we had a little bit of a break over Easter and then we did a catch up. um, You Remember last time? So we pulled out before Easter the letters G, J and W. So those are going to be our focuses tonight again. We have just about chosen different things, although so there is one double hit, which we'll come to under W. But as always, let's kick off with a little bit of kind of beery highlights and some beer news. So we mentioned in the last podcast that Bruce had had a fairly epic journey um, over the bank holiday weekend. Um, probably to do something with cheap cheap train tickets, thanks to the Chancellor Sunak. It was, it <laughs> was. Yeah, yeah. So come on then, Bruce. So you start well. You 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 me at one point. You were in Malag and then on the way to the outer of Skye.
1: No, we never got to Skye. Oh, we you never, never got out. to Skye. Yeah. We only went to Malaga and back. Yeah, we. Yes, uh, uh, as Michael correctly pointed out, thanks to uh, not only thanks to Rishi Sunak's rail sale, <laughs> but uh, more importantly, Scott Rail's amazing Club Fifty offer. For over 50 now, we can pay one off fee of 15 pound and join Scott Rail Club 50. we will get you discounts all throughout the year, but three times a year there are insane deals. Um, and of course, we've all been about the West Highland Railway line, I'm supposed to the finest railway line in the world. Uh, so we realized we go from Edinburgh to Malay for uh, 12 pound, which normally 98 pound. It was that we could look at a Gift House in the Mouth. So, me and my uh, elderly friend set up at 7 35 at uh, York on uh on the Friday morning uh, to sort of cushion the, the blow bit of the long journey. We did go first class to Edinburgh on l which which was really quite good. They had a proper breakfast served to us. That was quite nice. So we went first class to Edinburgh, uh, filled out our bags full of uh, biscuits uh, and bottles of water from the lounge. <laughs> and then, of course, uh, went across to Glasgow, we Well, 12-pound journey started in Edinburgh. So we shot across to Glasgow. Uh, those trains are really fast now. That's an impressive service and then got on the train at uh, Queen Street. Uh, you so got past
2: we, one of the um, distilleries there, don't you, bro? See all the wooden barrels outside? yeah.
1: Beaumont, Beaumont, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we got on the Queen Street at 1115. Uh, it was a little six-carriage uh, uh, diesel multiple unit, uh, and it splits at three points at uh, um, uh, Garlockhead and somewhere else, going off to Urban and uh, leaves to Fort William. So it was absolutely stunning, I have to say, the train, like Nick says, the train goes to the Glasgow suburbs. Uh, uh, your last bit of Glasgow is going through the Dalmura Stay, where everybody suddenly clutches the uh, bags very quickly. And then you're on the uh, banks of the Clyde, which in itself is quite a quite spectacular journey by the banks of the Clyde. And then, of course, you come uh, all the way up there. Uh, and once you get past the uh, Fasnet uh, submarine base uh, on your left, you can see that by the barbed wire. Um, then uh, you're at uh, Garlock Head. And then, of course, Loch Lomond's on the right hand side. You go right by the shores of Loch Lomond. Um, train then splits for urban. We stay on it. And then, of course, we're into the insane uh, Moors part of the West Highland Line, up to Carrar, which is Britain's most uh, isolated railway sailing, station. Yeah. It's about uh, 1,235 feet above sea level. Um, lots of these stations, have to say, well, in fact, all the stations, have to say, but I was to shame. The way that Scott Rail maintain those rural stations is an absolute credit to them. Yeah, Every it's probably st- all bloody English money that subsidising it, those the I don't know can really say They'll that. They'll keep telling you it's,
2: it's from North East Gas. its not It's those taxpayers.
1: Well, it's how they've, they, had, they've never had it so good in Scotland. It's how they distribute the money into it. To, yeah. But every station, I have to say, was in immaculate condition. There are lots of them up at Highland Line. They've got tea rooms, they've got cafes in, they've got uh, little bunkhouses, hotels, restaurants. Fantastic. And then, of course, beyond that, we get the bit where approaches out of Ben Nevis, which is quite stunning. Uh, the t- trains at point it sounds like Cliff Ledges. Um, so eventually it'll be Fort William. And then we do that final bit from Fort William to uh, Middle Lake. Uh, which is absolutely amazing. you know the Glenfinnan,
0: don't you? Glenfinnan Viaduct, That's Right.
1: You? you? pass Neptune steps, which is oh, a good yeah, section yeah. of locks in the country. Yeah. And then you head round to the uh, Glenfinnan Viaduct, and the guards rail into the spirit of it, even the little uh, cheap train, the guard has some uh, dramatic music. Uh, he announces the Viaduct. The train slows down, and he plays some music on his mobile phone Of the PA you go to the Viaduct. So, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh... Hopefully
2: you've got a PRS licence.
1: <laughs> so so full marks, uh, full marks for that. And then eventually we got into Malague at uh, quarter to six. Um, uh, Malague's cracking the town, I have to say. Uh, of course, that beach as you go into Malague was one of the uh, bits used in a uh, local hero. Most of it was filmed on the opposite side of the country. But for that iconic bit with the chapel on the beach, that's actually just outside Malague. Yeah, uh, the proper little working uh, fishing town, Malague, uh, I say, uh, would be a, a sleepy town. But of course, it's energised a bit because the ferries go across to sky to Annadale. So you've got a big CalMac ferry there, which leaves I think, three times a day. Uh, And of course, um, you've got the Jacobite Express that runs daily from uh, Easter, I believe, to the end of October. So, for every day, you've seen this influx of people come to the uh, village for two and three quarter hours and spend money in the pubs. So, yeah, it's quite an interesting little place. You know, there's a big, uh, huge, uh, salmon factory fishing boat station there it brings a bit of light to the place the ferry but they've got uh three pubs although one of them bizarrely after two years of lockdown they decided everything's open. they're close to get refurbished which <laughs> was absolutely bonkers the marine hotel uh so there was a place we were in uh and then the um uh clacken which was which was fab yeah i've been in uh, that one yeah have you been to the clacken yeah i've been to clacken yeah. yeah, we stayed in the steaming. Uh, the pub itself was a bit nondescript, I have to yeah. say. The room, the accommodation was great, fantastic. They made a great look of the accommodation, and the breakfast was great. But the pub itself a bit nondescript. So as soon as we got there, we delighted to see that the Isle of Skye ales on. Thanks for his round. So uh, John got that uh, beers. He got two pints of uh, Sky uh, beer. Fourteen pound. <laughs> Fourteen pound. Outrageous.
2: What? And they're not they're not spending money on uh advertising and promotion. Really,
1: I <laughs> no, it's mean, because <laughs> you can see Sky from where they are. And I don't have to say, well... No, were... I'm,
2: I'm talking about the, the pump clips in anybody's watched the YouTube, the uh, yeah. the branding. It's uh no, no. it's not state the art
1: Satchi and yeah. satchel, really, is it? It's
0: just beer mats stuck in the pumps. Red or gold.
1: We did think, so is, 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 is there a locals price and a tourist price? Yeah, yeah. But I have to say, so we were, and I have to say, the, the, the beer wasn't great, you know, it wasn't great. Lovely to think that you be in right. the yeah. sky. Uh, but then we went to the uh, 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 Clacken book table for dinner, uh, and that was great. I mean, the Clacken's one of those um, places that you kind of get in uh, Scotland. You get them in Northern Ireland and some of the small towns and all that, and they're quite unique. We have nothing like them in England. They're, um. The pub's for everybody. I mean, they were producing, it was packed, it was Friday night, but they were doing fantastic food. Yet despite that, you had gangs of young lads coming in, drinking. Uh, obviously, they know they've got to be here because they get banned. They've nowhere to go. you had got tourist seating. Uh, there was a pool table in the corner. Uh, big place. But literally, um, unlike England, where they don't exist, it was a pub for everybody, I have to say. Uh, and I have to say, the food uh, was astounding. We had some amazing Starnoway black pudding fritters. Uh, I felt I had to haggis, and I have to say it, the uh, whiskey sauce was like something you'd expect to find the final master chef. It was immense, uh, but I say it was extraordinary. You know, gangs young lads in there, the next to us, there's a couple of a lovely couple who visit from Yorkshire like, because they're eating an eighty-pound seafood platter with a, an expensive bottle of wine, and everybody just gels along together. So no, they, they, they end,
2: end off the night with the keldy bros.
1: Uh, no, 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 there's no, oh. no, no okay, time. <laughs> no. well,
2: well, that's what we always say in these Scottish pubs. You all end up like singing and dancing and doing yeah. shortbread adverts and stuff. And not, John Gould's sinclairs on his little motorbike outside, up and down the street. So, uh, so the, the podcast is into
0: really. a, a, a trip to Matlag like, and back. Well, come on, yeah. Bruce, finish all again, Because then he went to London as well, didn't That same weekend. And he, he did, yes. Yeah. So, another pub.
1: So again, forced to, uh, uh, we couldn't say no to like, uh, Rags, Mike, Mike, Mike Rishon, which is great rail sale. So, Took the family this time, uh, and uh, my daughter was determined to go on a pilgrimage to see the uh, uh, the dolls from the film Notting Hill uh, and the little shop. Which, i uh, I say Notting, I've not been before to Notting I'm to be honest now. I, I was blown away by it. It was fantastic. Just uh, wonderful uh, Georgian houses. Uh, obviously, incredibly wealthy area now. Um, we did, met the, I think everybody's made the mistake of getting off at Notting Hill Gate where mm. in reality, if you're going down the Portobello Road you really need to get off that lad grow but it did give us a chance to sort of uh, walk down and uh, take it all in and stop at a cracking Danish bakery But I the Last, last was- time
2: I was out that way, Bruce it was a few years back now, it's still a bit of a dodgy area really oh, no, there's, a, a, there's, a, there's a sun- stunning Fuller's pub just on the edge of Notting Hill uh, that connects uh, Kensington High Street to that top road uh, which is alongside one of the policies, Which is the, is it the Winston Churchill? It's a fullest pub and it's actually covered in flowers. It's a wonder oh, it can stand up because the weight of flowers. Um, so fun. I know I, I went there and we stopped up near Nottingham one uh, one time and there's I think there's holiday in, uh, but it was yeah you know, the area was a bit dodgy. But like you say, with the, the influx of money, I suppose they've uh, they've tidied and cleaned it up a bit now.
1: Well, Craig, you're likely to chip over, lose £50 notes. It's insane right. there now. But you can imagine with delight when I stumbled across a Sam Smith's pub <laughs> on the Portobello Road, the Earl of london yeah,
0: we're, we're only nine minutes in and we've got our first Sam Smith's. minute. <laughs> Let's <go.
1: laughs> But what a cracking pub it was. It's enormous. and to, I've been trying to look on the internet. I, I thought at one point it must have been kind of a, a merchant's because downstairs, it's all partitioned, these little rooms, uh and you can see there from YouTube where said it has these uh, duck the they call them. The partitions mm-hmm. have little doors, they call them duck unders. So you've got this island bar split into four, and then beyond that, there's a huge room, uh big enough to accommodate two real uh, rail fires. Uh so yeah, um quite nice. Well, they do let you take photographs inside. Um, so yeah, splendid, uh, splendid find was that one. That's the
0: Earl of um, Lonsdale looks on the, the Earl right Earl. on the end of Potterbell Road. Yeah. yeah.
1: The Earl of Lonsdale was uh, his chap who was known as the Yellow Earl. And famously invented, um, was the founder of the automobile association, hence the yellow colors. Yeah, wasn't he
0: also the Lonsdale belt as well in boxing? I think, as well, the Earl of Lonsdale. I
1: don't, I don't think he was yeah. actually. Oh, I think okay. it was Jump of okay. Lonsdale from a great we'll yeah.
0: So, very good, Bruce. So, yeah, a, a trip from both ends of the, of the British Isles. Well, I didn't go quite as far. I went, I went back in Buxton. Um, I think if you remember almost well, just over a year ago, it was one of my lifesavers, and that it was one of the few places around us that was open. Because they managed to put a pop-up uh, garden festival type place outside the actual brewery. They couldn't open their tap because it was too small. So t- took a visit back and since last time I've been there, they've actually moved indoors. So yeah. you'll see them at the garden is still there, but they've actually built a little bar actually in the brewery. It's still in its early days. So it's still a bit, as you can see, it does on YouTube, it's still a bit rough and ready. The downstairs bit is, upstairs is quite nice. And it's and it literally, as you walk upstairs and again, pictures on there on YouTube, and you actually literally are in the brewery. Um, they only had a few beers on, so this is probably a better picture. It's quite nice, so the picture on the left there, they've kind of done a little wooden bit. The brewery's on the left, um, and I'm sat there with my back to the bar. And then the picture on the bottom right for those on YouTube, that's looking at where the beer garden was when they first opened. Um, when we first came out of Lackdown, and it was outdoor drinking. So that is still there with a stunning view. Um, but it was all right, yeah. So just had one cask beer on and then I think they had four kegs on. But the guys behind the bar said, it's only been open for about two weeks, so they're just going to start building <coughs> the beer stock up. Obviously, and do a phenomenal range of beers now. So it was quite nice to go back to Buxton and uh, just, just revisit. It was very quiet, I've got to say. That was what, bank holiday... Bank colleagues Sunday and it was pretty quiet. There was only about four or five. It was about four o'clock, um, and actually, amazingly, a lot of people still went sitting in the garden. So you just about see there. There were some people huddled around the far end under one of the umbrellas. So back to the Buxton Brewery. All very nice. And then I can trump Bruce in a way, because I paid, yeah. on Friday night, I paid £7.50 for a pint. Yeah. So I'd had a very, very long week at work. So went, went, did my local tube down to the hot water cellar, a couple of beers in there. Then went across to Melards and they had some nice cask going, actually. But I thought, I'll oh, go on, I'm going to treat myself. So they'd got this verdant on, and all the lads behind the bar said, Oh, you've got to try it. It's stunning. So <laughs> I went for this pint of verdant El Sol Cultura, it was named. Um, and it's uh, yeah, one that Nick and Bruce have end those on YouTube, and this was seven pounds fifty a pint. I what was really the overwhelming flavour of it? What was
1: the overwhelming flavour?
0: Right. Well, I've done a bit of yeast, Bruce. I would have. Yeah, made, I did a bit it? of research yeast. actually. So, <laughs> yeast. Luke Una, which you can see on the uh, punk clip there at the bottom. He is some very, 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 very famous DJ. So apparently he's a big DJ. Does he you know Ibiza and everything else? And he's also into his art, so he's done a project where he's got artists to do the art cover. So that's actually the cover of his new CD as well, as well as being the pump clip. Um, is it your rhyme then? Yeah, <laughs> So it's it's tropical zippy IPA with hop rewaka, <laughs> which I have heard about leading, which is, means it's great fruity, limey, and grapey. Um, uh, and it certainly was. And I'm still the getting a Tropical zippy. <laughs> that then oh, I paid
2: £7.50.
1: So Bruce went all the way that to Sky and paid
0: £7. Well, he did pay £7. And yeah. I, I managed to walk a mile down the road and pay £7.50 a pint, so I'm still getting over it. Anyway, talking about well, uh, bargain beers, Nicholas, come on. So he mentioned this last podcast, Nicholas' little trip about go, the go for these platters, go for a, yeah. a, go for a weather yeah. spoons 4 pint yeah. special.
2: You know how I like my, my, my tasting planks, where you can have a third of each beer, uh, in our local hostelries around here, they range in price from 360, which is excellent price, up at the old Moulton Royal Oak. Uh, Steve, the landlord up there, all his beers he sets the same price, and then you can also go to the new Moulton and have a plank as well. Uh, you're up to about 380, 390 in there. And then Gemma's other outlet at the moment is the Yorkshire Tapas and Grill on um, uh bar, on uh, slightly more expensive there. I think you're up to four pounds. But yeah, so you can try a third of each. Well, if you go to weatherspoons, you can actually try a pint of each. So last time I went in there, did a little bit of my calculation. I mean, you'd be able to do it with your vouchers anyway. But when obviously you go for one of the meal deals, especially if you're taking elderly parents along who don't always necessarily want to have a drink and other half who uh, is driving so doesn't have a drink, it ended up that I managed to get three different pints. And a bottle of brew elvis juice, which has now gone back up to the six and a half percent uh ABV that it was originally, and then it came down to 5.1%. Now, at one time spoons had them both on offer, When in last time. I didn't really want the six and a half percent, but that's all they had. Uh so that normally retails out of spoons at 389. But I say if you have a part of your meal deal, then you get a free drink. Uh, and it's a six sixty milliliter bottle, so it's actually more than a pint. So, yeah, that was a good evening for me. I can't even remember what I ate, but uh, it was three pints and a big bottle of Elvis juice for the equivalent of about £5 in money.
0: Mm. Yes, all in one city. Very good, very good. Right. Well, we might come back to, to that particular chain shortly. So a bit of b and uh, just quickly, a quick mention, because it's nice when we get a bit of feedback. So um, Mappy Man is somebody who's, I know, been a regular listener and been following us for quite a while. And he himself has a similar kind of uh, takey. He does a great uh, blog about his trips, So it's well worth looking out, uh, blog or search for Mappy Man. And he gave us a tweet, I think, last week. He just said, love it, keep up the good work listening to the last episode on a beach in Malaga, where
1: well, the experience
0: go. was heightened by listening by to three chaps chunter on about Sam Smith. So you're very welcome, Mappy man. bad uh, glad we kept you uh, entertained on your holiday. Can you imagine
2: Humphrey in Malaga?
0: <laughs> what well, he might have been. What amazing,
2: were he of them bars with music and <laughs> screens and football and uh, yeah. <laughs> so I just start again. We might just
0: have a you know interesting kind of contrast here, really. So first of all, black sheep are. Obviously, carrying on to expand, they're bringing out a new, oh, quite a few new beers actually. The newest one is called Refresher, which I'm putting that is very much aimed at the younger market, the lager drinkers who are now moving across to craft. So it's a blonde, it's three point nine percent, and that was interesting. And I noticed that their Velo now is out on cask as well, which is I think that's the totally Yorkshire one, wasn't it? They did
2: that. That's what I was paying four pound twenty for from their brewery tap three weeks ago. Yeah, Black like, Sheep Brewery Bistro. Yeah. No, the, ref- the fresher.
0: And oh, the fresher, yeah, yes, yeah. So that's the new one.
2: And it was, it was okay, Bruce, But four pound twenty when basically they're brewing it fifty yards away. How do they justify that price?
0: Yeah. How
2: do they justify it? You and know. Then the, it's...
0: And then the other story is we mentioned last time we were on the podcast. I mentioned proper job, and I came across this. Uh, Sit tweeted, and um, that apparently the French cannot get enough of proper job. So again, there was a tweet, and for those on YouTube, that's another twenty-five thousand liters round about forty thousand pints off in tanker, off to, yeah. uh, off to France. It's so a good beer. Proper Job is it's now the official, the best-selling English beer in France. So very it's just- in
2: my, it's in my top three bottle beers definitely. Yeah. And it's always a yeah. treat to go into our local little, and they have it on there permanently. What one pound sixty nine a bottle? Yeah, that's yeah. our price for a five percent. You can't beat it. Uh, it's, yeah, it's one of my favourite bottle beers now. Is uh, is proper job. A lot of brewers
0: when like on the podcast when they ask about their best beer a lot of brewers talk about proper job being if you want a, a decent bottle and i've got to say when i was drinking it in cask in devon uh in the in the victorian sulcum it was absolutely stunning really really good and then they so reckon something... they
2: reckon they they reckon they based it on the is it's that the Nevada sierra, the sierra yeah yeah product. yeah yeah and i tried a bottle of that and i thought yeah. no i thought proper job's a lot better actually i was a bit disappointed to say that's often held up there as a uh, beers in the world you know top 10 beers in the world that you've got to try I managed to get a bottle of it from Morrison's, I think, and tried it. And I thought, well, you know, I wouldn't put it in the top 10 of, of the world beers. Oh, uh, it, but yeah, I read an article yeah. that suggested that when, say, Austell were brewing there, uh, when they, they started, started to uh, put proper job together, that's what they were trying to achieve.
0: And then some selling news in that, again, it was pretty much all over Twitter sphere this week that um, mm-hmm. Kellan Island announced on the bank holiday that they were brewing their last ever um, lot of Pale Rider, And the brewery was going to start closing down. They're going to keep the fat cat. I think they have one other pub. Um, But again, quite sad to hear. I mean, such a massive, I mean, you know, not just, uh, you know, the brewery and the beer and the beer, but, uh, you know, the pub itself and all that. You know, one of the first ever real air pubs in the UK. Um, We we mentioned a couple of weeks ago, obviously, that the the founder, Dave, he died not not that long ago, a couple of months ago, wasn't it? Um, so really, really sad. And we might come back to that because I know there's a story that links to one of our letters today. But then on the other side of that, I picked up uh, Western Morning News um, on Saturday, a nice article there about Salken Brewery. And I'd mentioned them because I'd been drinking Salken beers the other week. And Salken Brewery have just built a brand new brewery. They've expanded three times in the last, over COVID, the last two years. And there's quite a good article here about a guy who, again, typical story, John Tinner. Uh, he moved. He was a very successful businessman. He moved down to Salcombe or just outside Salcombe, went in his local pub on his first night. He kind of moved in his new house and was drinking Salcombe Seahorse and said to the barman, this is fantastic, beer is lovely. And he said to him, I think it's the last lot we'll ever get because the brewery shutting shutting down from wow. so, the day after he got his bike and zipped up to the brewery that was in Salcombe and, uh, and basically made them an offer um so again i've said that beers are yeah you know i think that they're, they're, they're a good range of beers a seahorse is still a pretty nice beer um not you know not really mild, it's more of a bit it's a bit more bitter style than than say a pale ale but uh, interesting you know differences there between a, a very well well long-standing brewery i mean you know Pale rider who's again one of those stand-up beers isn't it it's, uh, yeah i mean a, I,
2: I i i, I I'm possibly suspecting. I mean, you know, I mean, brewing is, is is hard. It's difficult, and you know, it's okay if you're coming into the industry because you, you're coming in with the enthusiasm, and you're building your brand, and you you know, you're building your name. Keller Marlin have got their brand, the name, but to keep competing and keep turning enough yes. beer over and to keep, it's it's hard work, in it. And I'm just wondering whether he's he's decided that after however long, 15, 20 years. He just doesn't want to keep I going mean, to get up at the crack of dawn in the morning yeah, and, and yeah. put in 12-14 hour days and obviously, just um, to keep competing, you know, because there's so much more competition out there now. Well, As we know, in the last 10-15 years, you know, it's yeah. the, the the real Ill scene, it just increased massively. And if if, if you're gonna keep up, you, you can't take the foot off the pedal. And I'm thinking, well, possibly he's thinking I've done it for long enough now, and I'm, I'm you know, I can't put any more effort in than I'm already doing, and uh, this is it, you know, whereas new people coming into it, you know, they're prepared to work 24 seven because that's their passion. That's why they decided to, you know, do something completely different, open their own brewery and work at it. But sadly that's why so many small independent breweries also fail as well, because they themselves realise that it's a lot lot harder than, you know, just making a batch of beer in your your back shed as it were.
1: In fact, now you mention it, you really saw, I mean, I love Callum Island bitter. and of course, it's great the fact cats stay no, up. It won't be quite the same out the beers. Mm. But you rarely saw it elsewhere in the last few years, have
0: you? Yeah, no, not a big distribution. And plus, the you, only, see, think,
2: you see, you see in bottles.
0: They only own two pubs, so I mean that's the other thing, isn't it? You know, they're not, they haven't got that back, back up as well.
2: Yeah. Anyway,
0: back to being you. So uh, Nick's, I think, got a bit of a teaser for us in terms of Moulton. So for those on YouTube, there is a stunning picture on the screen at the moment. This is this was the old town hall, which sits promptly in the square in Moulton. Um It was converted into a museum, um, and then has recently become a stew and oyster. But Nick, you have news
2: out of the press. Uh, delight twinged with sadness. Went from a little walk out on Saturday evening, as I like to do, sort of about tea time. Walked up the river, up to the Royal Oak first and foremost. Steve had uh, an interesting range on in there, including a ginger and vanilla by Rudgate, uh, one that was very, very fruity. So a couple of pints in the beer garden, very quiet. They said they'd be busy during the day and they had a few people booked in for food. But uh, in the time that I was in there, which would have be about half past six, quarter to seven in the evening, I would say there's no more than 10 people in the pub. This is Saturday night, remember. Walked into town, um, walked, went to see Rory at Chapter Two, uh, because this time he had Copper Dragon on in there. Uh, once again, very, very quiet. Decided then to walk down to where I would normally go, Cross Keys. I thought, no, I'll walk past the and Oyster. Now, our last experience this June oyster, Mike, have been a bit disappointed. Uh, we've had to wait a long time to get a drink in the first place. All they had on was uh, keg.
0: London. Uh,
2: London. Very expensive. Uh, but as I walked past one of those big, big-dressed arch windows, looked through to the bar and saw they had the hand pumps on and what appeared to be traditional ale uh, badge pumps on there. So I walked in there. Once again, this will take us to about half, seven, quarter to eight on a Saturday evening. There was only me in there. There was an elderly couple upstairs who I'm not sure whether they've been having a meal or just a drink. Um, But I was delighted to see on the bar, they had two uh, hand pulls offering um, Osset Blonde and two hand pulls offering White Rat. So I had a conversation with the guy behind the bar, pointed out that Osset gave a 10% discount to camera card holders, knew nothing about it, but managed to find a 10% discount button on the till. So got me pint of Osset Blonde for £3.51, which means that we'll certainly be going back in there again. Um, and, yeah, it was just sad that in the time that I was in there, I had three pints. I had two Blonde and a, and a pint of rat. Uh, so I was in there for about just short of an hour. And in that time, there was two couples came in. Um,
1: so who's so, taking it over then, Nick? Who's taking it over?
2: So Osset have it. Wow. And they are going to rebrand it eventually. But not quite at the moment. So obviously they had the salt. They had the salt uh, on the on the uh, keg as well. they had wow. the salt brewery. Um, so yeah, um, I just really hope because the first thing I said to him, I said, "Well, you need to get a, a signboard outside stating that you've got Aussie beers on now." I said, "You know, because even Saturday night is quiet, but there are people in town in Malton who appreciate real ales." Uh, and I said, "So you need to let folks know to come back in again." I says because anybody's experience of this place for the last year and a half, two years, hasn't been great as far as Real is concerned, and certainly not in terms of price and things like that concerned. Um, What's
1: going to turn into a hop then, do you think?
2: Well, I talked to him, he said, you know, various people suggested we should start doing sandwiches and all this sort of stuff. I said, well, obviously, the stew and oyster shot themselves in the foot when they had to admit on uh, social media that all their food is pinged in a microwave, that there is no food, being, there was no food being prepared. And I said, you know, even though they were being honest, at the same time, if people are going out for a meal and it wants to be something special, they don't want boiling the bag stuff. Although we know that's what they do with Wetherspoon, Wetherspoons, but weatherspoons you know, you accept that. And these other things weren't at Um, So it was, a, it was a young guy behind the bar. Uh, so he himself didn't know as much about the Osset Brewer as I did uh, because he didn't know about the fox. And he didn't know about the hop in York. Um, but he said, yeah, you know, we're people are trying to persuade us to, we don't want it to be a cafe and yeah we probably are going to be doing food but you know as we know with most toxic pubs they don't go down the food route do they i mean at the fox there Bruce, mm-hmm. you know it, it, it's more a wetland pub but then you know they make provision for food as it were yeah. whether this is what they're thinking that you know these other places to eat in town there again there is and there isn't in Malton. you know during the day maybe not so bad but on an evening to say it's the food capital of Yorkshire, um, you
1: struggle to find uh, I think somewhere we'll to put eat. Shoving in there and into a hop but but that the, would go well in Malton. I mean, yeah, be, well, uh, problem,
0: yeah. but if you think about it, the problem is with that place is there's no space for a catering kitchen because yeah. the majority of that building that you can see on the picture there is the open plan where you sit, and it's the only bit at the back there that's in the shadow, which is only mm. quite a small area. The bar's there anyway, so there's not room for a catering kitchen, which I think is why they were pinging pinging meals before because. You think hey, upstairs, again, there's no, that's all open plan upstairs. It's like a mezzanine, isn't it? So, but yeah. Like you,
2: like, you, like you say, Bruce, they're hopping York. uh There, they've got pizza oven in. Yeah, well, was a, a small pizza, area.
0: That was, that was a pizza, that was Italian restaurant breaking yeah, a pub, it was, wasn't it? it was, yeah.
2: Not a town. But the actual, anyway, the, actual kitchen, the actual kitchen area, the prep area and, and the oven itself, you don't need a lot of space. But it'll, it'll, it'll ultimately come down to what the estate want to do as well. Because yeah. yeah. obviously it's still, the building's still owned by Fitzwilliam. And once again, I just hope that Osset are aware and be sure enough to read the small, small, small print and know what, in theory, they're letting themselves in for.
1: Well, they've become a very big concern, our Osset brewery. I, I think they're pretty yeah. sure they have a big workforce. Yeah. I mean, I really like Osset beers, um, but they are becoming prevalent everywhere. Yeah,
2: absolutely. They are prevalent.
1: absolutely everywhere now. This,
2: this is what I said to the guy behind the bar. I said, you know, the White Rats has is, 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 is been phenomenally successful. I said it was brewed by the Rat Brewery, which was a cuckoo brewery by Osset. I said, but now they've pulled it into their own stable now. And I say, you tend to see that more uh, as a standalone beer than, than any other Osset beers, to be honest with you. And don't get me wrong, I, I, I enjoy it. Um, but yeah, that's the White Rat has been a phenomenal success for them. Um, but no, once again, for another place for us to drop into now, Mike, it's, uh, it's a positive. It was just so sad to see Malt on a Saturday evening just so quiet you know I really did feel for all the publicans all the landlords all the managers uh because I mean that place there was two young staff on there's no way they were even covering their wages you know with a minimum wage increase and things like that happening. and then the cost That'd of utilities uh, that's,
0: that's why they're paying charging four pound a pint in it and you know because that's what they have got the overheads. so anyway what, well,
1: let's I was uh, I was in London on bank holiday Monday uh when you get the train back while 10 o'clock and I tell you what, I was staggered at how quiet it was on the yeah. Bank Holiday Monday. Yeah. Uh, but obviously, by contrast, I was at Newcastle in Time Mouth and Weekly Bay on, on Saturday. Well, it was good, though, wasn't it? It wasn't. At Time yeah. Mouth, it was a honest to god. You thought it was the Mediterranean somewhere. It was a food drink festival, to be fair. But every pub was packed. Uh, and going back to the station um uh, in Newcastle um on Saturday, our train was eight o'clock, and at half past seven going down Granger Street, then Gray Street towards the station. Your only thought was. What's it going to be like at 11 o'clock? It was carnage then.
2: (laughs) But that's Newcastle for you, bro. Yeah, but I mean, my Newcastle... The people in the north
1: know how to work Uh, hard. hard. My
0: Newcastle down here, that was fairly busy on Friday night. We were Mellard, we stopped stopped longer longer we normally do, and that was pretty full. And of course, the weather wasn't too bad, so people were inside and outside. They'd got a burger pop-up that was doing really good business like out in the courtyard, so it was really good. Anyway, let's get back to tonight's uh, theme because we spent a long time chuntering there. So last time we pulled out of the bag the letters G, J, and W. So let's crack on. So here's Jack again, still giving us his, his songs. You must G, find G, out G, Jack G, Jack, G, Jack Hartman uh, on YouTube. Look, just put the G word song, and you'll see Jack. This, got, this guy's got a million followers just singing the letter G. Here's the letter G. Anyway, off we go. So, okay. Nicholas, you're
2: going to kick us off. So your first G was... to be. We're talking about beer. It's got to be the good beer guide. I mean, this was the Bible, certainly in the 70s and 80s, before the Internet came along, before you could find out information through various apps in terms of you're going to a strange place. You don't know which pubs are uh, safe to go into. You know which pubs are going to get a decent beer in. So the good beer guide was the Bible to have. It was always a bit of a hefty tongue to carry around with you. And I think I mentioned this before, that year to year, it seemed to get bigger and thicker. I mean, the logistics are put together as well. You know, once again, Canberra has been a voluntary organisation to a certain extent. Um, So, you know, you've got all your local branches gathering the nominations in, doing the voting, going, checking these places out, sending it in. And then it was Roger Protts, I think, for many, many years Certainly he's he's done the uh, intro. I think it was the editor of the Good Beer Guide. I mean, I know Roger's always been involved with it. Uh, So in fact, when I suddenly thought of G for Good Beer Guide, I looked at my shelf and I've actually got 10, 10 volumes, which I think um, it's been on the go since 1973. So Mm. I tended to buy a copy of every three or four years because yeah, sometimes from year to year, it didn't change very much. Um, I think it does now, you know, because more pubs are opening, more pubs are closing, more pubs are embracing real ale, some get rid of it. So you do get a little bit more of a variation. And I say, unfortunately, I think my last edition was 2018, uh, simply because now it's just so easy to find reviews and guidance and advice online, isn't it? So maybe it has had its day. That said, there'll be plenty of beardy weirdies out there who will have the full rack of 43 or 45 on their shelves, and they will religiously buy it. I also uh, should mention that I think this year's edition actually sold out. Because I had considered going for it. And then when I went on camera's uh, website, it was identified as being sold out. So whether it's been reprinted uh, or what, I don't know. But uh, that certainly shows that there's still a, still a, 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 you know, a requirement for it. So, yeah. I mean, it's a sorry, very reliable man.
1: guide, though, isn't it? I mean, to be fair, if beer's is your hobby, it's still the most reliable guide. You don't go far wrong. They never send you to a duff pub. Um, I, I think you're right. I think it has to the test of time. But
2: say that, Bruce. They always say it's the quality of the beer not the ambience, and sometimes not even the friendliness of the pub. Mm. So it depends what you want. If you want the overall nice experience, sometimes they will take to a spitting poly spot down a side street where people will turn around and look at you because the locals who drink in there are recognised and they go in there for the quality of the beer. But, you know, camera do say that, you know, do not take this as a guide of a, a, a nice, comfortable pub Uh, that you're going to get something to eat and your beer's going to be okay. Basically, most of the the voting is is done purely on the quality and and the consistency of the beer. So you do have to be careful to a certain extent with them. But yeah, in terms of it being your initial start point, your guide, then, yeah.
0: As I mentioned before, like Sam Smith's pubs don't often get in because there's only served Sam Smith's beers. So I'm just looking yeah. for Notting Hill Bruce in this in this year's, and it doesn't mention your pub, but it does mention the Churchill Arms, which Nick mentioned, yeah. even yeah. though all they sell is Fuller's beers. But for a damn minute, really. So I'm looking for Moulton in the in the latest edition for Moulton, uh, just two listings, which is a little bit sad, isn't it? Because these are about eight or nine listings in Moulton. Uh, the Moulton listings in the current edition are the Blue Ball Blue and the Brass Castle Tap House. So they're the only two that made. Uh, this year's obviously there's quite a lot for york isn't the york's got a, a fairly good smattering of um i did look through the other day how many were in york there's quite a few york's got acorn bluebell uh brew york tap golden ball maltings market cat phoenix rook and gaskell slip in, swan 3 Leg mare volunteer arms and the york tap so um, I think we've t- talked talk about all of those, I think. Well, most of us yeah. Oh, yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, now I mean, really, if you're being truthful in terms of a, a pub that people enjoy seeing, to emit sort of the phoenix is pretty criminal. Not yeah. to have the rule not to have the rule in that put and is an absolute deceit. well, that might
0: be in because that, that's York City, so it might, it might, yeah. Old, old
1: uh, no, school. there are a few mad emissions, and of course, uh, far too many Weather Spoons pubs, you know, yeah, some <laughs> should be there, there's far too many, you know, <laughs> that's Indie it. Vouchers. Yeah. right so but Bruce, you
2: know Bruce, you can you know you can go into spoons you know you're gonna be safe for one thing talking about this overall ambience i don't
0: know, you know. I, I, can take, I, I, I could take, take it but
2: We'll, well put, put it this way both both my mother and my other half will happily go into spoons but i would take i would walk them down any street coffee's not in any, a cup in any town or any city and they would be reluctant to go in on their own but they know going in spoons. this is once again this is this is one of these these misnomers that Wetherspoon's, oh, yeah, it's full of drunkards and full of idiots. But no, because the spotlight is always on them, then in terms of their security and, and not allowing people to, A, underage drink, and B, got absolutely paralytic, they're normally pretty good at clamping down on it. Whereas a lot of individual landlords uh, basically think, oh, well, if I kick him out, he's one of my regulars. Anyway, come on, use
0: it to W. We're still on Gs at the moment. So yeah. the next G is my G. So my G is the Greyhound, which is a pub which is in between Stoke-on-Trent and newcastle under Line. Uh, it's a Titanic pub. Uh, it's quite an old pub, actually. It was, it was quite famous because it's got a very art deco inside, and I'll probably show you that. And I know, Nick, mm. I, think, I, think, I think I think you've both been in here um, when you've been down with me. Um, oh, Titanic, Titanic took it over about, ooh, probably about eight or nine years ago now, and it's legendary because it's, it's on the Hartsill Mile, which is kind of... The Pottery's version of the uh, of the what, what's that one? The, the Otley Road running in in Leeds. Oh, so Micklegate, oh, yeah. it's
2: it's always a starting yeah. point when I come down for Christmas. That's our starting point, isn't yeah. it?
0: Mate? So we, we we're a bit old now, so we normally start halfway and work into into Newcastle. You're technically supposed to start in Stoke-on-Trent, which is the kind of the the whole, the, the old town, and you walk up the hill and down the hill, and uh, so some good pubs there. So a cracking pub, and, and again just inside, I say it's got this wonderful Art Deco bar. Oh, which nice. is kind of all um, well, I don't know what it is, what kind of wood it is, but it's nice. Um, they always have a load, obviously, not surprisingly, lots of Titanic beers, but are normally a couple of guests, and, and Titanic have had a long relationship with Everard's, so you normally get Everard's Tiger on there as well. Um, and, it's again, it's a lovely pub. They do quiz nights, they do Irish nights. Um, the bar there is always quite friendly. You, you can normally have a seat. There's a little room behind the bar there on the right, which is, we've been a couple of times, and then a bigger lounge kind of around the back. So the Greyhound in Newcastle on the line, cracking pub. And then, Bruce, you've chose a beverage for your G. I
1: have, yes. Jay uh, gone for Guinness, because surely there could be no other uh, alcoholic drink in the world that so strongly identifies with its country of origin. Uh, I mean, amazing, astonishing, really. A, a cost- what, Nigeria? <laughs> <Belgium>. <laughs> no, no no i did really i, I initially thought of guinness really i just thought about it really i mean it's absolutely such a iconic brand isn't it really uh you know if you think of ireland well the first you think of really shamrock and guinness there can't be another drink in the world that uh, uh is so uh li- linked up in the bloody, you know everyday culture of uh, that. Platform. Sounds like you've been on the Guinness now. Um, or... I did actually uh, get to try uh, some Guinness uh, coffee porter the other day. They were t- giving little samplers out uh, in, a, in a Newcastle, um, and uh, yes, it was a uh, yeah. It, did, it was it was it a very slight hint of coffee, but I'd say it was uniquely Guinness though, uh, and I did, I did enjoy it. Yeah, and um, I'm looking very far, looking very much forward to going to the. Uh, grave diggers uh, on a trip to uh, Ireland so that thing as well I can't ever think of a, a, a more eagerly anticipated <laughs> drink than when you first go to Ireland get off the plane or the ferry that very first sip of that very first pint I don't think there's a drinking experience like it anywhere in the world that first plug when you go to Ireland it is absolutely uh, insane so yes, can forgive his. And what,
0: it, and what it's on form, even in England or wherever you are, when it's a good pike, it's, it's a good pike in it, and it's one. I it think, is, one, yeah, yeah.
1: It is. I have to say the best pike that's varied in England was a few months ago at O'Shea's in Manchester, and I'm told the bit of the pike in Mulligans is even better. Right. Uh, but the, we went to Manchester. We we're going to go to O'Shea's, but uh, we we're going to the Circus Tavern. That was closed till about mid-afternoon. Maybe it was a Saturday. Friends of those shares will be open. It's a bit of a nondescript pub that comes alive on a Sunday afternoon, apparently, because they get um, invite the best Irish bands around the country and from out to go and perform in there. And fact, it's absolutely packed. They only serve breakfast, I believe, the proper Irish breakfast, the sort of black pudding, and imparted sausages. Lots of people in breakfast, but I have to say, the Guinness was absolutely on a different level to anything I've had in this country. Well, what's, the, what's the ABV on Guinness now as well? Because it always seems that. You know, when
2: when you're on Guinness, you don't seem to get as drunk as if you're drinking.
0: No, very years. Yeah, well, they say that's something to do with the, the makeup of it as well. I think it's about four point five, isn't it? But they but they no, do I, reckon. I don't. I don't,
2: be, I don't think it's as strong as that.
0: They Do reckon that it's it's part of the, the way that it's made as well that it's you know. So we'll we'll have a look. Um, I, I don't know if you picked up yesterday. You, you see that Paul Heaton from the uh, <laughs> yeah. House Martins and the uh, Beautiful yeah. South uh,
1: 60, supposed to be doing a
0: sixty sixty birthday tour around pubs and. He couldn't do it, so he'd given every he'd given 60 pubs a thousand pounds. So there was one here in Stoke, the coaching horses had given uh uh a thousand and my my local to my college in St. Helens, the birdie Thand, and I'm oh. thinking that because Johnny Vegas in there, he was drinking his pack of Guinness and, and tweeted, you know, thanks, thanks to Paul Heaton. So fantastic gesture, giving 60 pounds. Oh, absolutely. Really, really fantastic, yeah. Good whole boy. Uh so yeah, Guinness, 4.1 to 4.3. Oh, there we go. So I wasn't far off with 4.5. And it's that's its second mention because we mentioned it and the B's because we be, know these sorry because we have black velvet, didn't we? So it's Guinness uh. has come up twice in the charts, right? Moving on to the letter J. Now, I thought we'd have a bit of a change. So I found another freaky guy on the internet that, that does song as well. So I can't remember his name, but here he is. Um, I, I see this, I think, um, my lad know him. He's, he's this guy's called Pimco or some Pimbo or something, anyway. There we go. So, my I'm going first and I'm going to stick with the brewery. So, we mentioned a few times on previous podcasts from stone although now brewing in market drayton the world famous jowls's brewery we've talked a lot about the trademarks and the these were the second biggest brewers in the world after bass and there was a massive um competition uh, back in the days in the victorian era so jowls jowls's brewery j for jowls um, lots of pubs around me. I actually found another one on Sunday when I was out for a bike ride out in the wilds, which is kind of pub that brews would like, the fox and hounds in a play called Chaswardy, which is very, very nice. Um, and uh, the brewery we've mentioned before, the brewery now is based in Market Drayton, although they claim that they're on the same aquifer that uh, stretches to stone. Um, I mentioned that in the brewery there, the nice link to Yorkshire. Because in the rear room, they've got Mousy Thompson. Um, they've got the whole boardroom of a, a big company in Leeds. That when, it, when it was Then they're breaking it up. They bought the broad the boardroom panelling. And I think there are something like 32 mice in that room. Um, wow. And they've also got Mousy Thompson furniture as well. So that's very impressive. Mm-hmm. And oh, obviously, Nick and I, we've talked in our previous podcast. I took Nick to the new Jules' Wharf, which is back to almost the home of where the brewery initially was. Very um, in stone and it very much dominated the town of stone back in the days um, and they're hoping that they will get some brewing back there as well and again you were quite impressed weren't you with that uh, the wolf? Mm, yeah the yeah. beer's kind of all right I, probably for me the blonde is probably my choice pale ale's not bad um it can be a bit hit and miss sometimes it's one of those kind of beers really that it's either on form or it's not on form but you know generally a good thing so Jowls is was my J. so
2: nick you similar in a way you've another beer yeah it was i think it was this beer that uh, turned wine drinkers and lager drinkers to real ale uh, i think os clarker was very very popular and famous in the what the mid to late 1990s he named it as his favorite beer he brought a lot of attention to it and it's stormbridge's Jaipur. and this was and it still is branded as the ipa but it's it's the one ipa it's one of those ipas that's full of Fruit Uh, flavour. Bruce mentioned it last week because he'd found it in Weatherspoon for £2.19. But it's one of those you could, well, it's one of those you can can make yourself poorly on. Uh, And I know, Bruce, when we've been out a few times halfway through a session, we've seen it and we've sort of gone, we can't really afford to have that because it's too strong Mm -hmm. for us. Yeah. Uh, once again, I think the ABV's come down a little bit on it. Is it about 5.6 now? Yeah, uh, it's 5.9, I think. I
0: think it's always 5.9. nine. it might have gone to six as well. It, it, but it,
2: it's one of those that is, is so deceptive. If you yeah. if you got somebody a pint of that and said, Here, have a good neck of that, they would have no problem at all in drinking it and saying, Right, I'll have another one of them, and then start wobbling about 15.9. Yeah, later. It's just still 5.9. Yeah. Yeah. So it's one of those that Often I can't enjoy because, you know, if I'm out and having a session, I'm having four or five pints, I'm thinking, well, if we have one or two of those, it's going to tip me over the, the edge, really. But, yeah, it, it's one of those that uh, it, it cut the cloth, it broke the mould when it came to that unique fruity floral flavour as far as an IPA was concerned. And, uh, as I say, it's, it's still there. Uh, once again, I would suggest that, in fact, there are actually – better tasting IPAs out there now, and whether it's because it's become so popular, they've taken their finger off the, um, what shall we call the artesian, the quality control. You know, we've mentioned this a lot of time about breweries, when they start to knock it out in such massive quantities, then perhaps they're not able to, you know, control and, and keep an eye as closely. We've said this about Taylor's Landlord, and we've said it about those other iconic beers out there. Or perhaps it's also because, you know it was such a unique flavor when you first tried it. Yeah, I think we've moved on. Other yeah. people have come along and, yeah. and tweaked, you know, they've aimed at that and then tweaked it to make a slightly different taste. And that's why sometimes it's worked and sometimes it's not. And maybe that's why I'm thinking about other beers now that I would actually put above Jaipur. But in terms of an iconic beer, uh, yeah, J is Jaipur. Yeah, and I, I
0: remember a night that me and my brother in law had down at the uh, local cricket club. Where they sponsored the barrels, so every beer was two pounds a pint, uh, did, oh, yeah. whatever whatever the ABV. And I said to Andrew, I "said Andrew, we go drink Jaipur tonight because it's it's five point nine percent. It's only two pound a pint. So rather than drinking the you know three and a half percent stuff, and we we had about nine pints of it, and yeah, you do suffer." Um, again, I mentioned that there's a <laughs> well. Sorry, I, Nick, do you remember we went the brew? When me, and Nick, we we had a brewer to oh, a few years yeah. ago now, but they were saying then that Jaipur is almost fifty percent of what they output is still poor. And I think if you remember Nick, they'd just done that deal with Tesco's, um, where I think it was it something like four cans for eight quid. They said your oh, Tesco's are selling it cheaper than the brewery can sell it. Um because it was a lot it was a loss leader, but it was getting their yeah. name out there. I think it was four yeah. cans for eight quid at the time, something like that. And it was mm. they said we can't, we can't we in the brewery we can't sell it at that price. So it was one of those that undermined it slightly. I well, mean, it was eight cans I thought, something like that anyway. Um, interesting link here. I mentioned that link with um <coughs> Callum Island. So just reading a bit of the background, um, obviously it uh, Jim Harrison is the guy who bought the Thornbridge Hall initially, and he realised that it actually had a brewery attached to it when he bought it, a very small brewery that in the past would have brewed the gardener's beer, and apparently was still a pipe that ran out to a tap in the garden from the brewery that you could, you know, slench your, your thirst. And by all accounts, he was holding a garden party at Thornbridge Hall in the early days, and he just brewed some beer, and he was handing it out, and this guy called Dave Wicket was there. And Dave Wickett was a guy who was setting up Callum Island and opened the Fat Cat. And in fact, the Pale, Pale Rider was doing so well, he was looking for somewhere to brew a bit more for him. So he made an offer and that was it really. That was the birth of Thornbridge Brewery. So they stayed at the hall for a fair while um, and then they expanded and moved t- more t- towards Bakewell and the brewery there, which again has just got bigger and bigger and bigger. So I think since Nick's been there, they've, they've doubled the size of it. He's got a very nice tap now. Um, they appointed two very young brewers a bit uh, at the time, was a little bit on the edge. Um, one guy, an Italian guy called um Stefano, and in fact, he brought across the whole of the kit. There are that yeah. basically their kit is actually Italian, it's an Italian system that they use. And a young guy called Martin Dickey. Um, and Martin Dickey, of course, famously went on to meet a guy called James Watt and set up, set up Brewdog. Um, and you know, he, he, started, he started at Thornbridge. And they wanted to—they wanted to kind of be the first brewery that produced this new American, as Nick said, fruity, zingy type of pale ale with a bit of strength as well that nobody else was drinking. Those kind of that strength of beers, really. And it's called Jaipur. Do you know what it's called, Jaipur?
2: Because an Indian pale ale.
0: It's called Jaipur because it's where um, the guy Harrison got married. He got married in Jaipur, so it's a bit like Beckham's kids—they they named it after when he was married. So. It's an India pale ale, but also because he was married in, in Jaipur, the city of. So, J is for Jaipur for Nick. And Bruce is, again, we're on a similar theme, because Bruce has picked a brewery for his J.
1: did it have. It J.W. Lee's, the infamous Manchester brewery. Yes, yes. I love Lee's beers. Uh, I like the heritage behind them as well. I mean, they're in a real... Poor part of uh, Manchester, aren't they To Grimshaw Lane in Middleton. I mean, Middleton's working class. It gets in it around Manchester, and there they're there though. Still there. They're not moved to out of town premises or anything like that. your breweries there. Sadly, no brewery was available. I did check yeah. quite about, but I have to say, um, maybe think about this because earlier this year we're in Man- We went to Manchester for a day, and um, I had uh, we went to uh, what I thought was a Lee's owned uh, pub hotel in central Manchester. When I looked at the directory founder. It wasn't actually, I think it was an independent one. They obviously brought some money off Lee's. It was solely Lee's branded. And that Manchester Pale Ale they brew now, I think, is possibly the best pint MPA, I've had this yeah. year. It was absolutely fantastic. It's almost a creamy pale ale, but the beers are always absolutely fantastic. Uh the pubs are great as well. Uh, I just love everything about Lee's the old feel of it, all the way they go about the business, they don't make a great big fuss, do they? Uh, and I say the beers are fab. Uh, they also started produced some keg like everybody now, I say, but they make a big fuss. But there's obviously a huge choice of uh, range of beers in their uh, pubs as well. But, yeah, it's like the whole heritage. Yeah,
0: no, I, in a way, I guess they're a bit like Smith's, aren't they? In the, the 1828. They still have their own yeah, Victorian, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Victorian brewery, like you said, in Midlougham there. There's a nice picture of it there for those on YouTube, the Greengate Brewery. Um, they have a fairly solid range, bitter, dark. John Willis, which is a slightly a kind of an ESB, you mentioned the newer beer, the MPA, which is their Manchester Bale, Moonraker, and, and they did a collab with Marco Pierre White as well. So their
2: um, dark must be, because I always remember Lee's mild. I always tend to migrate towards their mild, but I don't see them all listed on yeah, there. So is I mean, I is think that what their dark
0: them, is? Yeah, I think it's still do mild. Well. And of course, the famous one is Moonraker, which yeah. is a kind of very strong ale. Uh, I think, again, that is 6.5%. Do you know why it's called Moonraker? You no. Know, James, James Bond. No moonraker. Story is that when the brewery was first built in the 1820s, there were quite a lot of farms around uh, that area of Midland, which they would have been because it's kind of on the edge of the kind of the moors. And apparently, a local farmer drowned raking the moon out of a pond, which he thought was a wheel of Lancashire <laughs> cheese. So the story is that that's why it's called moonraker because he's trying to rake a cheese out of the pond, which is actually... So he's had a few beers, and it was actually not a cheese. It was the moon. So there you go. That's Moonraker. That's why it's there. So um, quite a beery theme for our Js. So let's move on to Ws. And I'm going to kick us off. So here's Jack again with a lot of W. So my W is a pub. Well, it's not really. It's it's a village. which got a pub in it. So the village is Westo, which is a a very old village, um, just outside of Malton. I was born there. Um, yeah, there you go. Bruce was born there where the maternity hospital used to be in the good old days.
1: And in it's a near, tunic
0: field. It's near Kirkham Abbey uh, and the Stone Trough. But the pub, and it's one that we, well, one that we certainly went to a hell of a lot when, oh, when we yeah at, And probably for me, it was more, the first pub that I probably went in there and drank, is the Blacksmith's Arms. And apparently, I learned today, it was called the Blacksmith Inn for a while. But it's now the Blacksmith's Arms. It's bang in the middle of the village. It's over three hundred years old, so a lovely little typical Yorkshire village with Yorkshire stone. Again, the picture there for those on uh, on YouTube. It's a bit that maybe a bit like that pub Bruce I about before. It's a pub for everybody. It's become quite an eaty pub, um, but they still the the locals still go in. There's a bit of an area where you can have a drink, kind of on the side where they tend not to serve food, but they always have at least three beers on. Nick, don't they? Normally, a good range of Yorkshire beers, Black Sheep's on. Pipping
2: and yeah, not the there. Um, I've I been think for a while drinking. with COVID and everything else, and like you say, yeah. it became very popular eating, so it's a case of your yeah, empty booking. Uh, last couple of times we've been, we've just been having a walk around Kirkham Abbey around there, so we've just literally. Sat outside actually because yeah it, it's it's one of those places it, it's more food than drink now yeah and as you say you know whilst encouraging locals you sort of push them to one at the side one of the side. bar now yeah. Uh, yeah if you sit down at a table in the bar or in the restaurant then you can't just have a drink you know oh, I'm sorry that table to have food but yeah it, it, it was somewhere that we've always and still is certainly the quality of the food it's our go to place for steaks uh, it's actually run now by a farming family. And while it's nice to see, it's also twinned with a little bit of, when you go in the gents' toilets, they have some stunning photographs of their beef herd, which are the large white charolet beef cows. Um, Anybody who's been on the railway from um, York to Moulton, you go past what's known as Kirkham Abbey, which is a very, very picturesque setting. And they have the fields there that often the cows will graze and then go down to the river and have a cool down. So yeah, it's, you know, you you go in the toilets and see these wonderful beasts, these wonderful animals realise that's what you've been eating. Uh, But for the size of the steaks and the quality of steaks, one of the best value places around as well. You know, you go in these chain pubs, you're paying 15, 20 quid for an inch out sirloin as you class it. And because it's pumped full of water, by the time it's actually come off the grill or wherever they're cooking it, it's probably down to about four or five ounces. Here, they don't put a weight on the steak. The least size minimum steak i've probably ever had there would be a 14 ounce and you know you're not paying much more than 20 pounds for it so certainly uh, to have a decent steak and to have a decent pie of yorkshire beer as well if anybody's come up this way get yourself booked in certainly recommend it
1: i think for me and michael it was, I said, it was probably the first place that we drunk We'd up on our bikes age 15. now missy there was a taylor family who had it then and Mrs. Taylor would never serve your beer. But the thing is, she didn't class Woodpecker cider as being alcohol. So you were allowed to drink halves of uh, Woodpecker cider, which was probably stronger than most <laughs> the techniques and cameras out had on the bar, because for some bizarre reason, she never classed Woodpecker cider as being alcohol. And thought it perfectly, perfectly reasonable to shovel half after half of Woodpecker cider. To, 15 year olds out of the village.
0: <laughs> plus in the, in the picture there, you know, on the on the outside on that window on the on the first, there was a pool table in that room, and that's where we were all cageal weren't we? She let us all well, go in the pool table because so you couldn't see the bar yeah. it was around the corner. And yeah, you could drink as much cider as you wanted, as long as you kept <laughs> yourself to yourself. And yeah, like you said, we used to bike up there from Mall. it's about four, four, five miles. It's on a it's on a lovely cycle kind of cycle route. So again, if you are in that area and you, you fancy dropping in again, it doesn't will always be open at lunch times. But certainly early evenings, especially this time of year is a really nice place. So that's my W. And then the final W, because you both picked the same one, and we've already mentioned them several times, is Mr. Martin's wonderful chain, uh weatherspoons. So you've both picked them, I think probably different reasons. So come on, Bruce, you go first. Why didn't you pick Weatherspoons?
1: Well, I've been thinking long and hard about this really. I mean, <laughs> I must admit, I do go to weatherspoons occasionally and it's quite fun to tick. You them go off. more than I bloody do, Bruce. I know, but on balance, they're a terrible, terrible thing, aren't they, really? And actually, the feeling was compounded by watching that program on Channel 5. <laughs> now, what on earth possessed him to make that program? I always thought the curries that added the curries came in. It was actually like a ready meal, pulling the plastic back and picking <laughs> the bark in the microwave. And his bacon's pre cooked and he was deep frying sausages. I mean, God almighty, it was a That's why I bought three
0: quid for breakfast not a quid.
1: <laughs> and I have to say, I mean, look, they a huge chain and like everything, like the good and bad. But um, uh, I mean, and, and I do think uh, ter- there have been a terrible thing for the pub industry generally. Um, but, but what I do find strange is this bizarre propaganda he's pumping out in all the pubs now. I mean, you know, he had a few bit of his negative articles about him in the lockdown. So he's published hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of these magazines. And, you know, it's the actions of a bloody dictator, isn't it, really? It's insanity, and the things litter up the pubs and they're sticky and the Kiss me, and in ketchup, they are bloody awful. The food's disgusting. Uh, the beer's often cheap, uh, varies widely. Uh, I'm like Nick really. I mean, i pretty much down with that. When around F2, we, we have one of the finest spoons in the country. I think the Harrogate uh, spoons is, is pretty fantastic. Um, the one in North Alley, they've done a nice job of that, but they're going to get some serious competition soon when the old Police Station opens, and I do understand the greatest point for the North Alleyton takings. Uh, and, of course, people are turning against them. They've closed to London Reese, haven't they? They've tried a bit of a... Um, a no, e- not, they've,
2: they've not they've closed them, Bruce. It's because the leases have come up and there's another pub chain down there, is it? Or Hanlons or something like that have got in and bought a couple of their sites out instead.
1: Well, no, what's been happening is apparently... Uh, I'll show a few the, the plan is they're trying to adopt a... Uh, Vladimir Putin-type blitzkrieg on small, what they could be, poorish towns. But it's so really interesting it's about Mansfield. There are four spoons in Mansfield, apparently. And, and apparently it's literally closed every other pub in town. Uh, this isn't good news for pubs. It's not good news for competition. It's not good news for people who want to buy decent food or produce decent food, because the old thing's are race to the bottom, isn't it? But um, the,
2: pubs, the pubs that are closing in Mansfield then, Bruce, are you saying they stood out on the shoulders, they call it their food? Well, if they did, then they'd still have... No, they're trying to charge...
0: They, they need to charge £3.50 for quite a beer, and they can't undercut Spoon's charging pound ninety or 99 nine. We've, we've, we've spoken about all before the, the
2: They've destroyed all the, the choice. The pubs that make money out of food are completely different to wet lead pubs that make the money out of beer.
0: But they don't make them on their beer because people go to Weatherspoons to pay £1.90 or £1.40 for the vouchers. And therefore, you know, there's no way a pub can charge that. Kind of, especially, as you said, in this day and age, you've well, got that, to charge that, £4 well, plus.
2: That, that, that's fine. But Bruce was criticising the food, basically saying that other pubs are closing down because you're serving cheap, crap food.
1: Well, I think the old thing is everything—they're undercutting everything to Madix saying that. I mean, it's it's bad for competition. I mean, you know, and, and you know, let's be honest. Right,
0: exactly. I think I think the prosecution is over. I'm not quite sure where Bruce Shue is with us. But come on, Nicholas, you've got a minute to kind of kind of give it some defence.
1: Was run by what? bean counters.
2: <laughs> well, he's not. He's a working class bloke that's done good, Bruce. Hmm.
0: Yes, hmm. hmm. I it, think it, he went <laughs> to private school. Nick, I'm not quite sure that makes working class. He went to
2: <laughs> private school. Well, <laughs> he certainly didn't have a big wad of money in his ass pocket. He started in the business like everybody else did with a spit and polish pub, one pub in London, and then basically did something different, developed it from there. So you can't knock him as far as that's concerned. In terms of a lot of our pub chains, a lot of our independent pubs now are basically bought into and owned by people that aren't interested. It's just a business to them whereas he's still interested in, 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 in his business, in his pubs. Anyway, so coming back to what I mentioned earlier on, in terms of an environment where everybody can go in there, a safe environment, even though Weatherspoons have a, a reputation about being rough old places because they're selling cheap alcohol, I've never actually seen anybody chucked out of a Weatherspoons pub. I've seen plenty of people chucked out of what you could call nice pubs, bad pubs, Um even down to things like swearing, we know Humphrey's got a very, very strict regime about swearing. But once again, yeah, there are some, shall we say, uh, very, very working class uh, weatherspoons But once again, the, 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 what I've seen from a lot of the staff, they are pretty good at clamping down on it and making sure that people aren't served more than they should have. Uh, the other uh, thing that I liked about weatherspoons as well was when they introduced the coffee machines. Because mentioned it earlier on again, when I go out with my mother and my other half, often they don't want an alcoholic drink. And the worst thing in the world was walking to Weatherspoon's bar and asking for two coffees because it used to just take two so, so long. Now it's literally two empty cups, go and help yourself as many coffees as you want. And when I can persuade my other half that she might want another coffee and I will get up and go and get it for her, it means I can have another pint. Whereas a lot of other pubs, it's a case of, well, do you want another coffee? It's going to be another three quid. And we've got to wait another 15, 20 minutes while they mess around with the barista coffee machine that doesn't any better job. But they have to make it look as like they're taking a lot of time and effort with it because it's going to cost us three quid. Uh, so that's another thing I like. Yeah, you're talking about the food again. But if I need to pop in somewhere, like when we go to London, if we've got a theatre show to go and see and we've only literally got 40 minutes, we know we're going to get served in 10 minutes to quarter of an hour. Um, we're not looking for haute cuisine. We're not looking for tea at the Ritz. Looking for something to basically fill a hole, and you know you're not going to be worrying because half an hour later you're chasing people saying, uh, "Is our food coming? Uh, is it going to be much longer?" So that's another reason I like with spoons. You can set your clock. Gemini. You know, how I like, you know, how I like a schedule. I know, I, I like a regime. <laughs> I can pretty much know how long I'm going to be in a WeatherSpun for, and I know how long it's going to get take to get served My how plan long
1: plan going to take for me food you pop into iceland and has to borrow a microwave oven exactly the same food for a lot less money
2: <laughs> but, but right, again all right, a lot, right, yeah, all right. a lot of it, places what, you what, go right. and
1: you will certainly find that that's that's how it is uh, about, right
0: i think you've, you've, you've given a good defense there and just for fact checking uh tim martin father was a senior member of the raf and then he actually worked for guinness and in the end he became the managing director for the whole of malaysia uh in terms of promoting guinness um Tim Martin was educated in private schools in New Zealand, but actually finished his schooling in Campbell College in Belfast, which is probably the richest Posher school in Belfast. And he actually trained as a barrister, although he has actually never practiced as a barrister. Um
2: no, like so know, what, what what was his first job studying? on his own two feet? He,
0: he, he him and his brother ran a pub which went out of, went out of business. R- in 1979, in Muswell Hill. But anyway, so just, just to fact check, he's not, I don't I think Cassie's working class, and his dad was the managing director of the whole of Malaysia for Guinness, and he went to the posh school in Ireland. Anyway, uh, the W, as always, oh, so me. we've managed to get Sam Smith and Weatherspoons in every podcast, so without fail. Right, so that's been an interesting night. So I'm going to pull out the next three letters Ooh. for our next podcast. So last time you pulled out the same letter that we'd already had. (laughs) I'm digging in here now. I I think I have pulled them all out. I'm hoping I've pulled out the ones that I have done. So, we've got the letter... You are aware
2: that with the Scrabble game, there are more than one letter of each. Yeah, but I've took all the letters out,
0: Nicholas. I've I've just put 26 letters in. All right, Okay. So, we have the letter Q.
1: Oh. oh, well, that's the, everyone's going to choose the same thing there, aren't they? The pub in Sleely Bridge.
0: Or <laughs> <laughs> the Queen's Heads, or the, the Queen's, yeah. or Queer Brewing. Uh, and the letter U. Ooh, that's quite a hard one.
1: The letter
0: U. And the last letter is the letter I. Mm.
1: Mm.
0: Ooh. So those are Who our are? three letters... But I think the next one we're we'll actually doing, we'll probably record this even this weekend. Is obviously I've got to give you an update on drinking in South Devon. So that was my little Easter. So I've put that together. So we might do that first. And then the week after, we'll do the letters Q, U, and I, which I think will need a bit of thinking, won't they, to go through those. So any plans this week, gentlemen, before we before we round up? Working. Well, sadly, Working in with...
1: terms of drinking, after, have to, unfortunately, uh, uh, I've got to because I can't make it to uh, I've got to go to York Race's on Thursday. So unfortunately I shall be into the realms of drinking uh um terrible a pints of seven <laughs> pound pints of carly, which would be pretty awful. Um then take your closet
2: uh, bag with you, Bruce. Having your own uh sauce.
1: Then um, and then I am going up to the crooked billet on Friday. But then and Saturday, then it's gonna enter a period of a uh, enforced houseboundness because uh um Tracy's having an operation. And unfortunately, I'm gonna be stuck in, so it's gonna be a uh, uh, a bit of a be a desert then for me for
2: no reason. I don't think so Bruce I think after putting up you for 24-7 for more than two days you'll be safe give Bruce you, go, you can go out honestly go, go, yeah, go. Good stuff. well I, I was out on the bike, bike and on, and all my children will look after me I was out the bike on Sunday got the bike
0: out again and the weather's nice so it, I quite like, did a 30 mile bike trip, but ended up having like four or five pints at the end of it because you feel like you've earned them you? yeah, it's yeah, mad, yeah. it may not be the best thing so I think that's my plan like, normal Friday night down my locals then probably get on the bike Saturday or Sunday, and have a little tour around and uh, a couple of pubs up. So we will hope, maybe, hopefully, see you in about a week or so's time. So I will play the funky music to finish off, gentlemen. Thank you very much. As always a good debate, a good discussion, uh, and we'll see you next time.
2: it again, I'll see.